Welcome to the OMR podcast. This time we have probably one of the most successful and relevant entrepreneurs outside um, the US in advertising technology uh, in the past years. The guy has built up Tabula, which is one of the largest advertising and um, content um, marketing platforms in the world. Coming out of Israel, um, he's now active all around the world. He's a very interesting guy. He used to work for the Israeli uh, military and then he started Tabula. Very uh, interesting story, a lot to learn on advertising. Um, enjoy. You founded Tabula seven years ago. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Yeah, I'm very old. And, okay, um, you're from Israel, correct? Yeah. So you, you founded it in Israel and now you're living in New York. Yeah, so I, I started Tabula uh, 2007. Uh, before that, I spent seven years in the Israeli army. So it's a bit more, you know, every Israeli spends between two to three years. I did seven years. Um, I was in a cool encryption unit as an engineer, uh, still living in my parents' house. And then when I graduated out of the army, I, I bought myself a big TV in my room in my parents' house. And then I couldn't find anything to watch on television. And I thought to myself, it makes no sense for me to look for TV shows. TV shows should be looking for me. And that was the beginning of Tabula uh, in many ways, sort of this vision of search in reverse. Instead of expecting people to search for stuff, uh, stuff should be finding us because we only have 24 hours a day. Uh, and that's really the vision behind this recommendation engine uh, concept, which is what Amazon did for uh, product recommendations or Netflix did for movie recommendations. I think everybody in the end will be uh, somewhat involved in this personalization ecosystem. Okay. Um, and you started in Israel and now it's, it's a worldwide operation. Yeah, I, I moved to New York eight years ago. We were about 10 people back then. Um, the first five years were still about 15 people, 20 people. It was very difficult. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur out there listening to this podcast, it takes time to build a successful business, to build any business. And um, I think people think, you know, it takes two, three, two, three years, four years. It takes, I think, five, six, seven years to get to a point that something can stand on its own. own. Um, and then five years into it, we generated our first revenue in 2012. We made a few millions of dollars in revenue. Okay. Um, still only one office in Israel, one office in New York. Explain to our listeners how you do revenue. Also, I, mean, I mean, you recommend articles and you get paid for the recommendation by the publisher of the article that you, that you recommend? No, so, so yeah, so, so let's say you go to T-Online or Develt or USA Today uh, or MSN and you read an article, you've seen Tabula before, at the bottom of the article, it's going to say, you may also like recommending you either content from the site that you're currently on, so more T-Online content, uh, or it's gonna say uh, sponsored content, which will take you to other stuff from around the web. It doesn't have to be content. It can be an article, it can be a product. I love drones, so if Tabula recommended me um, on T-Online, uh, the last DJI Spark, I would be a very happy consumer. So the concept of the bull is to give you things you may like but never knew existed. Every time you click on a recommendation that takes you out of the website, Tabula gets paid. And we give a, a revenue share of that to the publisher. Uh, what's the revenue share like usually? It starts from 50-50 and it can go up based on the, the deal terms, the time we work with the publisher and, and so forth. Uh, but that's the only way we generate revenue. Um, we work, we have about 350 engineers in Tel Aviv. And we spend a lot of time building uh, technology for publishers that we don't charge for so publishers can grow the business. We never charge publishers. Uh, we only make money if someone leaves the site as part of this marketplace that I mentioned. Okay. 
Um, how many people work at Tabula altogether? Uh, 800 people now. 800, okay. Yeah, so we were about you know, 20 people in 2012 and with a few millions of dollars in revenue. And um, fast forward now. So first of all, in 2014, we raised money from some of the best investors on the planet, from Fidelity, Baidu, which is the Google of China, Yao Japan, Comcast, LVMH. And uh, most of the money we've ever raised is in the bank. So the company has been... Um, um, profitable for uh, many many years now and most we have over a hundred million dollars on the balance sheet and this year we expect to generate almost a billion dollars in top-line revenue Wow, wow! so I mean I was gonna ask you that later but um, let's jump to it now what's the next step is the next step to, to go IPO with the company I don't know yet I think that I enjoy and I think we enjoy the concept of being private in the sense that uh, we can make mistakes you know we talk about our culture in the sense of economy of good enough so we try to innovate. This industry is so crazy. Things change all the time. Um, so you can't really build for the next five years. You have to build for the next two quarters and, um, and enable your employees and your company to change all the time. And it's much easier when you're private. So for us, you know, we're, um, we have, we've raised money like a public company. We have amazing financial performance. We're profitable. We're growing revenue. So what's, what's the company worth right now? What do you, what do you think? I don't know. I, 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 More than a billion dollars? Well, I think, you know, I think, um, I hope so. You know, I think that um, we have remarkable financials. If I compare myself to public companies, I think we, we're at the top of it, uh, especially in our space. Um, and I call my space discovery. I compare myself to Facebook. I compare myself to Instagram, companies that consumers discover things all the time. Um, so as of now, we don't know what's going to be the future. Over time, I think Tabula is a company that deserves to be public. Um, and we work very hard to make it big in a way that uh, it potentially will be our future, but we don't have plans to do that. How, right how much do you still own of the company? Uh, it's, I'm not going to give you everything in this podcast, come on. <laughs> but is, You're is not going to invite me again. Uh, is, is, uh, let, let me just uh, do a wild guess. Is it, is it, is it around 10%? Uh, is this what we're doing now? <laughs> <laughs> do you just do a face. Is, is it 10%, 20%? What's the revenue of OMR on an annual basis? Is okay. it uh, okay, over okay. 10 million, less than 10 million, and what's the growth rate? <laughs> okay, okay. okay, I get it. Um, uh, okay, so you, you build a fantastic company. Um, let's, let's talk about what the company does a little more. Um, you recommend all kinds of things. I mean, um, sometimes you recommend articles from the same website or from this website that, that I'm just on. But some, most of the time, and that's your business model, you recommend articles from other places. So people do content distribution. The whole content marketing world needs you because you distribute all this content. Um, what I notice is sometimes it's, it's, it's really unusual, uh, sometimes a little... Uh, uh, weird content. Is that early days? Is that typical early days phenomenon that it's, the content is not so so straightforward? Not, not, it's not only big brands that advertise on you, but it's also you know affiliates and and, and some kind of, of unusual middlesman. Um, is that how? Why is that? I mean, I think in general we. Um, I mean, as a company, and as a and philosophically myself, I do believe that freedom of speech is important. And I think what made the, the web beautiful is that anyone can start a blog. Uh, we talked about Casey before, uh, Casey video, yeah, yeah. video blogging, and I think it's amazing that people can have a voice. And not only brands that have been here for 50 years uh, should be here for the next 50 years. In fact, some of them will not be here for the, in the next 50 years. Um, so I think this is, it's actually important, people have a voice, and we should support that and make it grow. Um, there's also bad acting, like in any industry, 
where it comes to fake news and deceiving consumers. And that should not be part of any ecosystem. So as a company, the way we think of our business is we want bad uh, stuff to be not recommended ever and actually not exist on the web. And then everything else, we want to allow it because it's someone's opinion, whether it's a, a known brand or a small blog um, or someone that syndicates someone well, else's well, content. What does somebody have to pay on a click basis? It's, it's CPC model, right? Yes. What, what's, the usual, what's the average click price for Tabula ad? It's, so it's a marketplace. It's like buying a stock in the, in the exchange and it changes, by, it changes by geography. It changes by platform. Do you want mobile users? Do you want Android users? Do you want it only Germany, global? Uh, so it changes and you pay whatever you want to pay. It's a marketplace. Okay. There's, no, there's no rate card. But I mean, uh, it's, it's fair to say that there's German publisher that, that advertise their content on Tabula for around, I don't know, seven, eight, nine euro cent per click. Is that possible? Uh, Euros per click? Euro cent. Euro cent, yeah, but it goes much higher than that. Okay, okay. So we have people that, we have automobile companies paying us a euro per click. Who's, who's your biggest publisher in Germany? Um, we, have a, we have a few big ones. We have uh, Tionlan of Stroh is definitely huge. Uh, developer of Axis Springer is big. Uh, we have Sport One. Then we have international brands like AOL and MSN. Uh, so we have, we, have a, we have a really nice uh, variety of, of partners. And are these de deals usually exclusive? Are you the only platform that is allowed to do content recommendation at the end of articles on these platforms then? Or are you usually like, com like on the same? It's, it's always exclusive. And, and the reason is that we want to provide users with a consistent experience. And if we recommend something, we want to be able to check what happened after someone read that story. And if we take some, a consumer to a page with a different company, we're losing touch with the user, which is really not something we like to do. So, um, you know, we really support also the notion of relationship and partnership versus vendor. I don't want to come to work to be in a vendor company. Uh, I want to be working with people forever. So the only way we want to operate this business is to do big things and for a long time. And a lot of times publishers work with us for two, three, four or five years. And, um, and I hope that it will continue to happen. Um, can you give me a little uh, like take or your take on the German market? I know um, Legatus, a company that I, that, yeah. that I that I'm close with, uh, or used to work for. Um, and then I know Outbrain is there, Plista is there. They all like work with us, advertise with you, as, as you do, also like present on our events. So I know there's a couple of companies out there. What's your take on the market? Are they are your competitors in a sense, or do you? How would you see them? So I, I do think they're. Comp it's, you know, it's competition. I think competition is a great thing. Uh, I think what makes Germany a great market is the fact that it's so vibrant. Uh, you have publishers competing with each other, advertisers competing with each other, uh, technology companies competing with each other. It's, Germany is, is fun because it's a lot of times go big or go home. And I like that. And, um, and to me, I never want to be in a, in a space that if you have no one to compete with, then I'm probably not doing something right. I'm not in the right market. So I think it's, it's great, and Germany is... You know, What's the hierarchy? Who's the biggest one in Germany? Depends on who you ask. From a reach perspective, Tabula is the biggest one. We reach most German people in Germany, okay. um, which is important for brands who want to drive mass market. We now have a video format, so if you have a TV advertiser and you want to reach uh, users in a premium environment, we can make it happen. So uh, according to third-party companies, we're the largest. And then, um, in terms of why Germany is great, it's because it's you know it's huge GDP, one of the top in the world. In fact, our performance from a monetization perspective is the highest in Germany globally. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So people are really engaged here. Advertisers are very advanced. Uh, great commerce industry. So I, I I'm having a good time. Also, people are fun in Germany, which is not less important. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, but it, but I I assume it's still a it's still a tough market because. 
I mean, everybody wants to be on the top publisher side. Everybody wants to, to like work for Stroyer, work for T-Online and Axel Springer and these huge publishers. And I mean, then I assume, I don't know, that I know for sure, but you're probably like bidding against each other, like you and Outbrain and Legatus and Plister, to get on these publisher platforms. Is that correct? Yeah, you know what? It's not enough anymore. So we, financials are always matter. Don't get me wrong. It's very important that uh, you're able to provide the monetization your partner expects you to. But because, remember, the real competition is not... My real competition is Facebook. My publisher partner's competition is Facebook. That's the real challenge because for them, if they don't invest in the next two or three years in growing outside of the walled garden and building direct-to-consumer relationships, we're not going to be here. So my job is to be so much more than money. I have to look at uh, T-Online, which you mentioned. We have 50 editors on the T-Online team, 50, 5 um, Arnie and the team that are using Tabula Newsroom, which is a, a product that I have 35 engineers working on that essentially empowers writers and editors to be able to score engagement of their content and know if they need to change the titles, should they change the thumbnails, what should they write about. It gives them insight and data about um, their workflows. And I give it for free. And the reason I give it for free is not because it's charity, it's because it grows their business and I grow with them. So you, you, you offer more than just the technology that recommends articles, you offer tools to publishers? Absolutely. I have, uh, so a third of the R&D of Tabula is working on technology that we give for free, and we will never charge publishers. It's, we, you know, we wrote that on Tabula flag, and so we have now a personalization engine that we bought a company, Commerce Sciences, which we gave for free. I saw that on Crunchbase, you bought it for 100 million, is that correct? Uh, that was, uh, the price was never shared, uh, but that was Convert Media, that was the video company we bought. Okay. So we're also very actively looking to buy companies that have amazing people and good technologies, which we give for free. So Tabula now is more of a platform. So the way I'm thinking about Tabula is if you work with us, we will empower every person in your organization. They will use us every day. I mean, I mean just, just I mean, to, to, to underline the point here, you're making M&A acquisitions of 100 million or like around 100 million Dollars, which is huge, right? I mean, it's not. We're a, looking at M&A of tens of millions to hundreds of millions of dollars uh, right now, huh. um, and as the company continues to grow, there are amazing people and technologies out there, and I think it's an opportunity to. Um, I think publishers now and advertisers need strong partners to be able to create alternatives to the walled garden. So I, I can't be in a business anymore of sponsored content. It's not good enough. It's not good enough for me. It's not good enough for publishers. It's not good enough for advertisers. So yeah, we're actively investing in R&D. We're actively buying companies that can add value to our partners. Video, for instance? Video was, um, we bought a video company, which is, so we launched a, a product called Tabula Feed, which essentially is like um, Facebook newsfeed or Instagram newsfeed on publisher sites. So um, you can now go to some of our publisher partners and more and more will switch into that from the historic widget that you used to know Tabula and other companies in your space to this beautiful, feed experience that people can scroll down and in that feed you're going to see videos, games, surveys, content, sponsored content, products. What, what's the role of, of, of Google AdSense in this space? I mean I, I assume Google AdSense also like some kind of monetization tool for publishers. They also give a lot of tools to publishers. Is, they are probably also a prime competitor? No, AdSense is uh, part of the feed. So we now have publishers that use the feed and they basically take a DFP tag and they take a, a Tabula card and they serve a display banner or AdSense in that. Great. 
To me, it's about the user experience being consistent and awesome. So users want to spend five minutes on the website. Um, today, the challenge is if I'm an advertiser, okay? Let's say I'm BMW, and I want to put $50 million of TV budgets onto a publisher's website because it's brand safe and I'm proud of that brand. And if I'd rather be on that publisher's site with my videos versus social, which I'm not sure where I'm going to be. Today, publishers can't take the money. There's not enough video inventory to take $50 million, and we have to change that. So I think the way to change that is to change their user experience using something like Tabula Feed and integrate videos into that and have users spend a lot of time on a publisher's site versus today, which is people go to Facebook, click on a publisher's content, and click back about a paragraph into it. We have to change that. Okay, so you're, I mean, my takeaway for the moment is you're sort of like trying to empower publishers to create their own feeds their own feeds, their own relationship with consumers, um, to grow audience uh, outside of the walled garden. Not through instant articles, not through social traffic, in other ways that they can control their destiny and future. It's a two or three year uh, initiative that we're having with big publishers. And I just think that what we're going to see is that we're going to have big winners and big losers. What's, I mean, you're looking at publishers quite a bit, you're dealing with them. Um, Who's doing a really good job management-wise um, from the, all the publishers? I mean, who's, who's a really like, innovative, smart uh, publisher that you, that you think is, well, they're they are, like, really like, knowing what's happening and they're treating the challenge correctly? Um, I mean, I think there's a bunch of very aggressive and innovative publishers. Um, when I mentioned, if we stick to the same example of T-Online, I think having, changing the workflow of 50 editors is innovative to me. Um, it doesn't have to be German. It can be U.S. publishers as well. Yeah, I think Microsoft is doing an amazing job. MSN. MSN is doing an amazing job. I think Comcast is doing an amazing job. Uh, if you look at NBC News and CNBC, uh, the Today Show, uh, they're thinking about the company as a network versus the company as a silos of sites. So connecting everybody together. Um, I, I like to see, I, like when, I think it's great when you see publishers that uh, holistically think of their business as as a whole versus different silos. You, you mentioned a lot of like very successful classic brands. How about the BuzzFeed and refineries of this world? What, how do you see them? I mean, refinery is killing it. I just went, I flew here with uh, Philip on the way here uh, from New York. We work with Refinery29, uh, huh. we're on the site, and I think they're doing an amazing job building the brand from scratch and building a native advertising, high impact advertising business. And um, so yeah, I definitely think that the new, the new generation is, is also doing a great job. Also historically, African Post, you know, that is not part of AOL, uh, is still growing fast globally, uh, also in Germany. Um, so I, th I think that, um, that the, um, those that I'm not sure will succeed in the next two, three years are those that will try to do tomorrow uh, what we did yesterday. It's not, this is Can not- Give me an example. I'm not gonna point fingers at anyone. I'm gonna tell you that if you're a publisher now, and you're adding another spot on the page and you hope that's your growth strategy, you might not be here in two or three years. If you're not thinking about how do I drive the next millions of users directly to my site outside of social and outside of search, I just, I just think you're risking your future. If you're not investing in video revenue, which in my humble opinion will be one of the largest growth engines for revenue in a mobile world, that everything is switching to mobile, Video is the only high CPM impact. Um, I think you're risk, if you're not building that infrastructure now, if you're not hiring talent now, 
I think you're risking the future. Um, so that's sort of how I think about it. And I'm trying to attach myself, uh, attach myself into that. Right. Um, we skipped this part uh, at the beginning. So let's go back. How does somebody that's grown up in Israel, went to the army for seven years, how did you end up in the... In a, when you, I, I know you're, you're in your parents' bedroom, you saw, you watch TV and you notice that it's not what you, what you like. But I mean, like, how was the transition into like this huge business? I mean, who helped you? I mean, you're the only founder, but um, like, what inspired you? What did you see besides just the idea of, of, of you know, your, 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 bedroom, your kid's bedroom experience of, of, of the TV scene that you described? What else like, brought you to the point that you're at now? I mean, I think um, uh, in many ways, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky, you know, I, I, I was passionate and obsessed. And I think obsession is a big part of being a good entrepreneur because it makes no sense to be an entrepreneur. You fail all the time. And, um, But it's your first company, so you're, you're right? It's my, it's my first job. So, so, so you, yeah, yeah, so you haven't, you haven't failed that much. I failed all the time. I almost uh, shut down Tabula three times in the first five years. I had a plan to fire 80% of the employees three times. Um, in 2011, I tried to raise money from 30 investors in Palo Alto. 100% said no. So I failed most of the time. Uh, but I was lucky because every time something saved me. You know, uh, our CTO invested at some point, And an angel investor gave us, gave us another shot. And it was always um, something that, that gave us another shot. So I think obsession is a very important thing. And if I could, if I could summarize all of it, I think um, it's mostly about the culture and people. You know, you, you can copy anything. I can copy your logo, I can copy your product, uh, I can try to execute like you, but I can't copy your company's culture. And that's the, the hardest thing to copy. How, how come, I mean, in that, in, that, in that moment, how come that like the global leaders in that space, Outbrain and you, are both from Israel? Is that, is that a coincidence or is it? I think Israel is a great place to incubate innovation. You know, people have um, the army experience, which gives them confidence and a network of engineers. I think there is, a, there is a nothing to lose approach in Israel, sort of. Everybody take a shot and try. If you lose in Israel, if you fail, it's not a big deal. You know, there's a culture that supports that. There's a lot of money from VCs and angel investors that can invest. So there's, it's a great place to incubate. Israel is not necessarily amazing in scaling businesses to become Facebook. Uh, you do see some companies like WeWork that are unbelievable, um, you know, and others, Mobileye. But uh, I hope we'll see a lot more, more in the future. Is we work also in Israel, Israeli. Company? I mean, it's Adam is an Israeli oh, okay. um, founder oh, okay, okay. of WeWork, and uh, so you know you do see some awesome Israeli companies and uh, and in Wix, right? Uh, like uh, public company, uh, billions of dollars in market cap. So I think Israel is a great place to start a business, but what carries a company over 10 years from scratch to a billion dollars in revenue is by far uh, the people you choose to join your journey. My CTO is eight years with me. My CEO and president, six plus years. Our VP sales are four or five years in a very competitive market. Google and Facebook can pay more than what I can pay. But nobody um, can give, Tabula is like a Disneyland for geeks. You know, you walk inside and you, dream, you get to dream and fail and do uh, and progress yourself as a person. Uh, so I think, I think that's unique. Um, when talking about content, Many times these days you hear about the, the fake news, fake content problem yeah. that Facebook has, that even Google has in a sense. Uh, I mean, is there fake content on Tabula? I don't think so unless it's a mistake. Um, I can tell you we're spending a lot of resources. We have 30 people on a full-time job at Tabula that their entire job is to uh, review every piece of content, 
categorize it or reject it. So everything is manually reviewed. We have a public policy that we adjust all the time in terms of what's acceptable on Tabula. You may agree with it, you may disagree with it, but it's public. Uh, we go on panels, we talk about it. I'm even here today in New Mexico talking about it. Um, so we, you know, we're very actively invested in this field. And I think that what's unique about our solution is that it's not machine only. Uh, we realize that people create fake news and only people can make it go away. So it's a combination of people and machines. And um, so I think we're doing a good job at it. We're making mistakes and when we do, we adjust it. And I think it's gonna be a journey. Every quarter, every two quarters, we collaborate with other companies and we ask them what do they do and they ask us what we do and we change our policies. So I think it's gonna be years uh, until it's in a much better place. But it's a very difficult topic and it's not easy and, uh, and we're very well invested in it. Um, I mean, I always, find interesting when like affiliates and early early stage entrepreneurs like f see new platforms and take opportunity of arbitrage situation and and my uh, observation is that there's still a chance with tabula to do arbitrage and to buy traffic cheap and then monetize it somewhere else uh, without just another click in the end is that going on do you do you observe that as well do you see like there's these cowboys that, that you know have like very um attractive headlines on the on your platform and then they draw traffic on their site and then they send the traffic away and, and arbitrage between these two clicks? I mean, that sounds like, uh, so, I mean, I'll, I'll, read, I'll redefine your question, okay, which is uh, I, I, you want to hope as a company that most people that pay you find positive ROI in what they pay you, okay? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so if you're a search engine, you want to hope that 90% of your revenue converts. If you're Tabula, you want to you want to hope that 90% of people pay you convert because otherwise they will not come back. Uh, I hate the business of fighting for IO every quarter and have to take people for a glass of wine to get their business. I don't want to be in that. I hate it. I love businesses that people need you because it works. Um, and then you have a variety of people that could need you. Amazing companies that need you, travel companies, uh, subscription companies, uh, and we have amazing advertisers, Dollar Shave Club. Blue Apron, automobile companies. I want to tell you most of the people that pay Tabula money have a conversion pixel on their page that measures ROI. Um, we do not allow certain bad actors to deceive consumers if that's what we think. So like I said, everything is reviewed. If we think you're deceiving consumers, you're promising things that will never happen to get no, I, I didn't even mean it's completely shady. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's like an, it's, it's a bad, or it's a, it's, a, it's a critical business. I'm just saying that But there's, there's like interesting opportunities even. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I used sure. to be an affiliate that, that like was looking out for like traffic bargains or like cheap traffic and then I could convert into, into more value. Um, and I find it interesting. The other uh, reason it, I'm asking... It, it doesn't have to be cheap, by the way. It has to convert. Exactly. Right? Like if, if, if I told you the CPC is high and it's expensive, but you get amazing uh, cost per acquisition, would you buy it? Yes, uh -uh. you've been to this space. Uh -uh. So cheap is the wrong currency. It's about conversion. It's not about the price to buy. Uh, uh, uh. So assuming the product works and the technology knows how to target the right people. So I don't think it's a, I, I don't think CPC matters. I think CPA matters. You want to know that you're, I want to be compared to search engines in terms of acquisition cost of consumers. So I think there's a lot of opportunity. Tabula has tens of thousands of advertisers now. Facebook has 5 million or something. So we have a lot to grow. Um, and I want all of those people to buy Tabula. How, how much do you have to be as a publisher, or how, how, how big do you have to be as a publisher uh, 
so that it makes sense for you to implement Tabula. I mean, if I have like one million uniques a month, or do I have 100,000 uniques yeah. a month, what do you have? We, we don't have a long tail business yet. We, we, yet. we have two segments. We have enterprise publishers, which is all the big ones you mentioned. And then we have uh, SMB um, business, which is uh, the mid tail of the, of the internet, which is usually, I would say, millions of page views to more than that. In a month. A month. Yeah. Um, and you can work with Tabula. And then we don't work yet um, with a long tail of publishers just yet. On the advertiser side, on the other hand, we do have um, self-service. So if you're an advertiser and you want to promote your blog or your video that you just shot with your family um, or, a, or a social post. There's, there's no setup fee, no nothing. You can, like, <clears throat> 10 euros, you're in? Yeah, CPC, budget, all of our targeting capabilities. And as you grow, you get an account manager. Uh, you can use all of our, all, all of our uh, data capabilities. It's really amazing. Uh, and you can be on publishers that it's a dream to be on, recommended by. So um, on the on the advertiser side, we do support self-service. Okay. Um, I, I know it's these strategic questions. You're not going to give me a straightforward answer, but I still have to try. Please. I mean, there's all these players in the market. I mentioned them before. Do you see like some reasoning behind like? Merging together, like you and Outbrain, or even Legatos, and taking over some of these players, because it just feels like there's a lot of companies that sort of like work in the same space. I mean, generally, I do believe consolidation happens across the board. You see it in, on the publisher side, on the advertiser side, and on the technology side. <clears throat> From our perspective, um, there's nothing immediate that I can report. And over time, you know, we'll see what happens in terms of consolidation. But um, I do think it's always, you know, an opportunity to build even bigger companies. Right now, it's irrelevant. Um, companies growing massively fast. We're profitable. Web. I mean, it just seems if you compete with Facebook and Google it, it might make sense to like join forces to to like be. Yeah, in look, game Facebook is thirty times bigger than us. We're catching up. Thirty times. Okay. Yeah. So it's not. It's still big, but um, in revenue, at least in terms of opportunity for brands to spend money. Um, so we have more to catch up on, but. As of now, you know, we're super focused on Tabula feed and actually reinventing Tabula in other areas where we think users need to be discovering things. So we're laser focused on, on what we do and we're seeing great success. And I'm fortunate to compete with great companies like Ligatus and Outbrain and others because I think they help educate the market and they, we, as a category, we help um, convey the value that, that we do. But there's nothing immediate that's going to happen. Um, well, well, is, the US is your biggest market, correct? Sorry? The US? Yes. And then what, what uh, ranking has Germany? Uh, North America, um, from a revenue perspective, I would say number two and three is probably um, Canada, UK, probably over there. Um, and, then, and then it goes. And Germany is, is eight, nine? or I don't know the exact number. I yeah, can, but I can, roughly. I can, follow up. I, it's, it's, um, I can tell you it's um, tens of millions of dollars. Okay. Uh, in, in, in Germany, okay. Yep. Okay, so that makes it somewhere. In, in, it's it's a great market for in us. the top ten, but and, maybe not. And we beginning. were, if you remember, last year we were basically started. So it, it's it's so new to us and it's growing so fast. So I'm very happy about it. And you Asia, are you big in Asia as well? Huge. Uh, we we have people in Japan, China, Korea, Thailand, Australia. Um, we operate in 50 markets around the world. We have 14 offices um, around the world, and uh, it's actually great from a culture perspective because. People get to learn from each other. You know, people from Germany teach uh, how, what's the best way to work. People that live in Korea and uh, people in Japan teach us how to 
be even better as a Japanese. And so it's a great multicultural environment at Tabula, um, which is also a challenge because every market is unique. Um, I don't believe in Europe. I believe Europe is a bunch of countries that are very different from each other. It's not really Europe. It's just a bunch of countries that are very unique in each, each on their own, as well as Asia. Uh, Germany and France are different, very different. Um, and same goes for Japan and China. So I, I think that um, the way we're thinking about global expansion is very dedicated uh, attention to each territory. And you, you have like people on the, on, the, on, the, on the ground in each country, like MDs for the country and all that. It, we always start, so our global strategy was centralized hub first, which means that to me, like I told you, culture is the most important thing. Because if you have a strong culture, you can overcome anything else. But if you don't have a great culture, you can't. So the way we always do it is we start with a very strong office. So as an example, in Asia Pacific, it's in, it, we started in Bangkok. Um, and then from Bangkok, people would fly to Korea, to Australia, and go back to Bangkok. And the Bangkok office was amazing. You know, it was like ten, dozens of people. It looked great. We invest in the office. And people come to work feeling like they're part of something big. And as Korea becomes big, we move, we open a team in Korea. As China becomes big, we open uh, an office for people that are dedicated just for that. So that's how we chose to do it historically. I think it's the right way to do it because otherwise you spread too thin and you have people that are in the region but they're not really part of the company. They don't feel like they're part of the company. And whereas at Tabula, I believe people are empowered to know the product really well. They're experts. They're the best in what they do. So I think it's, uh, for us, it worked at least. Um, I, mean, you, 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 I mean, we are about the same age, so I, I like to think that you're still... But I look older. No, no, no you, look, you look actually younger, I think, but you, I, I like to think we both are still young. Um, so my question is, um, you're, I mean, in 30s and you're running a multi-billion dollar company, 800 employees, who guides you? Who gives you, who inspires you? Who gives you guidance? Who helps you out with all these things? Because, I mean, it's, it's not given that, that you know how to navigate such a company and know, like to develop a strategy to really like be in a global um, platform economy and find your place there. Who helps you? Who's, who do you talk to the most? My team. Uh, I, 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 speak, I spend a lot of my time talking about uh, anything with my team, a lot, of, a lot of unformal conversation. I have a question, I call my CEO and I ask him, hey, what do you think about this? And I hang up. I have a question about Germany, I'll call John. And I has John, I have a question about uh, the GDP in Germany. Do you think it's good or bad? And, or, What do you think about these dynamics, good or bad? And I'll hang up. I don't have to schedule a meeting. So I really believe in conversations. I like to make decisions. Outside the company, somebody? So most of it is inside. I make sure that we have um, amazing people, smart people, uh, curious people, passionate people. I always think that we're, we're, it's a company of founders. Um, and I like that, you know, it feels like you can create things. And then the board is great. Most of them have been working with them for 10 years now from the engine investing into what it is now. And I have a great advisory board too. I have a um, good amount of people that I can email at 1 a.m. in the morning and at 2 a.m. I'll get a response. So nobody famous that I would know of that you talk to regularly? or that, that well, I have some famous people. I, I don't think they like to be named, but, um, but it's not about being famous. It's about being given give attention and uh, attention to details. And, uh, and I think even less about experience, more about a good conversation, intelligent, good conversation. Okay. Um, so, for instance, like the Baidu guys, that I mean, they invested in you, so yeah. you're talking to them and discussing like absolutely. So, yeah, there's a team of Baidu in Israel that we get to talk to a lot. Uh, there's a team in China, of course, and um, and we take guidance from them about 
what they think is great for China and uh, what, what are their challenges and how we can be part of that. And we do the same for Yara Japan in Japan. Right? Japan is part of SoftBank, a very important company uh, in Asia Pacific, actually around the world. And you can learn so much by just shut up and listen. So um, we listen a lot to great people that are around us. LVMH, probably one of the most successful uh, consumer brands out there. So is that, that Bernard Anou, who we followed yeah. it? You talked to him personally once in a while? No, the team most of the time. Um, and I just talked to them last week, right? So again, casual, they email me, I, we schedule a call, we talk for 30 minutes, we hang up, we move on. But, so, did, but you, I mean, I noticed like just on Crunchbase that a lot of your top management is Israeli. Is that, is that like because you are, or is that historically, or do you trust more in, in Israeli people? I would say it's, it's not entirely true for the management. Um, Our COO and CTO, CFO are Israeli, but if you look at the management at large, it's, it's, it's a mix of people from around the world. Uh, in New York, um, out of 200 plus people, we have maybe 10, 20 Israelis. Uh, you, you're not allowed to speak Hebrew in the office. Okay. You get a dollar fine if, if I hear Hebrew. So I actually really want to make sure it's an international company with an Israeli arm versus an Israeli company, uh, because to me, if I want to be here forever, uh, Everybody needs to feel like it's theirs, uh, it's their company too. So, um, so I, I work actually very hard on keeping the culture international and multicultural versus Israeli or American or German or French. Do you, do you think that you're getting um, enough attention in the global um, uh, like PR world or the media world? I mean, you're, you're a young guy, you build a billion dollar company. It's, it's, a, it's a huge success from, from what you're telling me. And my experience is it's known like in the attack world or in the, in, the, in the media world, but outside, my mom wouldn't know, my brother wouldn't know. Um, why is that? I mean, are you, like, is that a weakness or is it by, by design or what do you? I mean, I, I think that right now Tabula has no um, attempt to build a consumer brand. We want to make publishers and marketers free in the open world, outside of the open web. I'll be extremely happy if we succeed on that mission, um, which is to liberate everybody to be able to work beyond the walled garden. And that's a huge mission. It's tens of billions of dollar mission. It's a multi-decade mission. Um, maybe over time people will know us, maybe not. I don't think it really matters. I don't need that. Um, I'm already married, so I don't need people to, uh, to, to know that. So it's, it's really about, uh, that's, that's for the next podcast. Oh, it's uh, underway. Yeah. In production. <laughs> so, so it's, it's um, you know, I, I think you have, you have to have eyes on the balls and lower your ego as much as you can. Nobody cares about, my mom doesn't care. My mom still is, I'm not sure she knows exactly what I do, but she knows I work hard, you know, but I don't think that's <laughs> what matters. I hope that actually Springer knows what we do. You know, I hope that the Weather Channel knows what we do. I hope that PNG knows what we do. And, if, and that's enough for me for a long time. Okay. Um, Adam, very, very positive, very inspiring uh, conversation. Thank you so Thank much. You. Um, I'll be looking out for you in the German market. European market and um, hope to see you at an OMR event or somewhere else. Thanks for uh, having good me. Good luck with Tabula. Yeah, man, thanks. <laughs>